2: Everyone to paying it forward. I hope everyone had a better week than I did because wow, am I recovering from a touch of the flu? It was uh, a little difficult, especially when um, my little guy, Garrett, my middle son, was not feeling well on Friday night. So he started, but Gosh, it was the first time that an illness actually went to all three of my kids, myself and my husband. So I'm recovering now, and I'm happy to be here today. I was afraid I might have to do a rerun, but I'm thrilled to be here because, boy, do we have a, a great topic that is so applicable in today's environment. So our business tip of the week I just hung up the phone with um, a good friend, Robin Pele, who is also an inventor. She was actually a guest on our show a couple of months back. And um, Robin has the incredible news that she's actually going to see a huge baby buyer at a really big um, baby retail store. So she had asked me, you know, do you have any advice? What do you think? Um, Is there anything I really need to know? And I just think that the absolute best piece of advice that we can all share is to just be yourself, because especially as an inventor with a new product, that passion comes right through, and Robin's got such passion. She's a mom of nine kids. She's got amazing products, and I just know if she be if she, you know, just acts herself, they're going to see her passion and they're going to love her products. So, good luck to you, Robin, tomorrow or Friday is your big day. So, okay, with that, I would like to introduce you to my guest today and our guest his name's fuzzy manning and he's actually an international speaker and a clinician on pts post-traumatic stress it's um he provides an alternative therapy um he's a navy veteran who served during vietnam um let's see what else he has over 30 years of experience he studied and practiced um let's see chinese and all these kinds of medicine that fuzzy you're gonna have to tell us when you get on um and let's see he had um he's a shiatsu Please tell me I I pronounced that right, master for over 30 years. He has a B.S. degree in education and psychology. And Fuzzy Manning, welcome to Paying It Forward. How are you today?
0: Morning, morning, Josephine. Yes, I'm (laughs) fabulous.
2: I'm so glad. So what are all these words I couldn't pronounce, Fuzzy? uh,
0: Probably one was Arabic. Yes. Aboriginal.
2: Okay, great. I hope I'm not the only one that couldn't pull that one off. So, you know, tell us something, Fuzzy. How did you get involved in in post-traumatic stress? What made you, like, I can see your passion. I, I just hear it in your voice. Every time we talked, I just said, wow, he really has. You are a true example of somebody who pays it forward in your life because you're so passionate about your career. So how did it all happen for you?
0: Great question, Josephine. It happened to me it's, it's in the military and out of the military. I saw some of these first responders, policemen, uh, firemen, um, those individuals driving the ambulances become involved in post-traumatic stress, going to accidents and fires and being overwhelmed by the trauma, and also uh, friends and family members going off to war and coming back not whole, having invisible wounds and having a broken heart. And I thought that something needed to be done, something needed to be done with those individuals to mend their hearts and also to heal their invisible wounds. Most of what I saw needed to take place was someone to listen to them, someone to let them know that there is a solution. And when their life matters at, at posttraumaticstress.com, we take the time out to listen.
2: Hm. That sounds amazing. Wow. So you really think that a broken heart can be healed, huh, Fuzzy?
0: It, it can be healed. So much of what happens in our lives is the traumatic events. Uh just ongoing stress in our lives. We're put in situations where we don't never get the chance to stop and to reflect, to take a time out. We have a stressful life in business, in relationships, in family, and I think it it adds up, and it adds up over a period of time, and we need a time out. We need someone to sit down with us and listen to us, will not judge or be prejudiced to what we say or what we do someone that will actually listen to us to help us unweave this tight knit ball that's that's got us choked off from our loved ones and and basically what we've done is We've perpetuated over years and years and years, and we're in a situation where we've isolated family, friends, and relatives because of the situation. And what I do is sit down with individuals and help them to walk back through and help them to see there is a solution. There is something that can be done about it.
2: But isn't it so pa- painful, Fuzzy, for somebody to actually sit with you and relive it? Like, maybe, I don't know, how do you get somebody to really have that courage to come to you and really sit down and open up that huge wound all over again?
0: It's, it's real, it's difficult, yes, uh, Josephine, but it's also it's that we, we can't be present, Until we heal the past, and until we heal the past, we can't be present in a sense of mentally, physically, and emotionally to our loved ones, to our friends, to our families, and to a job that is very stressful. So what we're doing, if we don't heal that invisible wound, we're living in the past. And it, it cuts us off from being present, and it emotionally, mentally, and physically with those that we interact with them a daily basis, it's a process where it's non-judgmental, stepping back to the past, peeling away the layers. In a sense, we just don't open it wide open. It's a it's a process. It's not a destination. It's it's not in a sense when when you when you when you lose five pounds, we're going to have a party. It's it's realizing that. It's a process that you're stepping through gradually. You're supported and guided to different rituals, different ceremonies. What, what feeds you to make the decision to go forward to the next step? What resonates with you in your body that when you release a portion of it, that you feel better, you start sensing better, you start looking at different things differently in your life? It's, it's an ongoing process. And it what sounds I, like
2: a long process. Is it a really it, long process,
0: Fuzzy? It, it, it depends on the individual. It depends on what you're willing to commit to to make the change. Yes, it's painful to go back in and to uh, relive or re-identify all those wounds. But if, if we don't, we don't move forward. With our I, life, we we yeah. don't have, we don't share our gifts with other people. It it's difficult, but I think if it's done properly, with mm-hmm. the respect and the realization that it's a learning environment, there's all kinds of other resources out there that I involve people with. I'm just not the only resource, and I think there's there's tons of books resources, seminars, retreats, and I think it's a combination. It's a coalition of of resources collaborating with a lot of resources out there. There's different things that affect different people differently, and that's what I I do. I I connect people with those.
2: I think you're so right. And Fuzzy, I mean, my listeners, many of them know, I had a pretty traumatic traumatic, um, situation in my life at a very young age. Um, After dating somebody for many years, um, we finally had gotten married, and 10 days after my big royal wedding, he was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor and given two months to live. So looking back on those times, That was trauma, and he lived for 15 months, which I was so grateful for every one of those days. But when he had passed away, I mean, I think you as a professional would be horrified, horrified at what some grief counselors had told me. They looked at me as a young girl full of life, but, you know, I was Absolutely grief-stricken. And do you know what they said to me, Fuzzy? You need to realize that your husband's no longer here. He's not coming back, and you you need to get over it and just move on with your life.
0: I, I'm sorry to hear that you received that information, and I'm sorry that you went through that. But also, we have to look upon those events in our lives. What did they teach us? How did they... Right bring about something in us that made us overcome that and made us stronger.
2: Yeah, the only way I realized I wasn't going to get it from somebody else was that I set a foundation up in his honor, and I raised $100,000 for Brain Cancer Research, and I think that helped me heal a bit fuzzy because, you know, I just felt that it was something that I had to do for somebody else in order to to help heal my heart but wow I can't wait this is going by quickly but fuzzy we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly thanks everyone
1: Back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Gerossi right after these on TogiNet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinlock Friday afternoons at 2 1 Central on TogiNet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to our website, shannonbinrod.com. From there, you can also get to our other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Join us for self-aid success stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 success stories from successful entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us. For self-aid success stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone.
2: Today, we're talking about post-traumatic stress. We're going to get to talking about post-traumatic stress in the workplace. We have Fuzzy Manning here um, on our show today. And, you know, during the break, I started to giggle because just talking to Fuzzy, he's a wealth of information. And um, we were talking on our break about how our lives today are very stressful. That you know what? We don't have perfect lives. And you know what? I'm a real, you know, wear my heart on my sleeves kind of person. And I'll tell you a funny story, Fuzzy. I had just gone to a parent-teacher conference to talk about my children the other day. And I looked at, you know, the teacher and I said, you know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Meanwhile, I live in a very uh, different kind of area. We'll just put it that way, that, Uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that are under the amount of stress. But my husband's an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, we're feeling this recession quite a bit here. But we're doing fine. We're managing it. But you know what? Our life is not perfect. And you know what? I wasn't embarrassed to tell that teacher. I said to the teacher, I'm so sorry. I hope my kids are doing great. She reinforced that, yes, your child's doing great. I said, but I'm concerned that I... The stress that my husband and I are feeling, the tension, I hope it's not affecting our children. And, you know, it's just reassuring to hear from you to, you know that not everybody's life's perfect. And we are probably a little more stressed out now than we ever were.
0: And I think, too, what you just brought up, uh, Josephine, is identifying where we're at, what's occurring in our lives. We have to get over, you know, that how other people will react or, or, or feel that maybe we're sharing too much information and how dare we speak the truth. And in essence, we need to identify where we're at, if we're stressed, if, if we feel anxious. We need to identify that if if something isn't going right and we feel out of balance, we need to identify. We can't stuff it anymore.
2: Yeah, I think that that's so great. So tell me, fuzzy, what are some possible behaviors associated with post-traumatic stress?
0: Usually, what's happening in post-traumatic stress is high anxiety. You you may have. Um, Night terrors, night sweats. You may be involved in, in different levels of depression, chronic depression, uh, isolation. Um, you're aloof. Uh, you have long bouts of sadness. Um, you may have long bouts of, of crying or just wanting being alone, separate from yourself. You, you, you have a tendency to be angry, um, rage, um, A lot of individuals that have been involved with post-traumatic stress events usually pick up some options or choices of overeating, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, uh, gambling, any type of um, thing that's going to cover up or suppress the feelings and the emotions.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you something. What happened to me, Fuzzy, was that I had trouble sleeping after my husband had passed away. And I would take, you know, cough. I had a very bad cough. That's what happened after he had passed away, which happens quite a bit when a spouse dies, is that the surviving spouse actually ends up getting very sick because, you know, of all the, I don't know if it's the trauma, but the physical aspect of taking care of a sick person and everything. So I had an extremely bad cough. I'll never forget it. In the middle of the summer, and I was taking um, Robitussin. So I would take my Robitussin every night, a tablespoon, two tablespoons, whatever it was. And then about a month after he had passed away, I had my girlfriend stay over my house. She was sleeping over. And I said, oh. Gosh, I have to take my Robitussin. And she looked at me and she said, why are you taking that Robitussin? I said, well, you know, I had this bad cough. She said, you don't have the cough anymore. And how scary is that, Fuzzy, that I had to force myself not to take Robitussin for about a week. Like, I almost felt like I was withdrawing from caffeine. But that I can see how easily that could happen where, you know, you're really just not yourself. You're not thinking straight and you could lean toward doing something. Something maybe not you know that you normally wouldn't do
0: I think what happens is the pain is is so deep and so great that we we do things and we act in a certain way that we would not do otherwise and it says maybe it's taking the robitussin maybe it's having uh, the extra two or three drinks maybe it's it's um, coming down in the middle of the night and having a snack, um, we're pushing down or we're suppressing those feelings, those emotions that have a tendency to overwhelm us and get us to a point that we don't know what to do with them. They're, they're in a sense, it's like a voice in our head that is the volume's turned up and we're hearing it day in and day out that we need to take action. And it's, and it's a voice of pain, and it's a voice of, of anguish, and we have to sit down, okay, fine. Can we sit down and say, all right, I, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to take time out, and I'm actually going to listen to what the voice is saying and say, okay, I need to say, okay, what are my choices? What are my options? Yeah. And I think some direction.
2: Yeah, I think you're so so right. I mean, I just looking back, I think one of the most important things you had said when you first came on was you you got to get the right person. You and it's so hard because at that point you you just trust other people okay they're a professional they know what they're talking about and even when harsh words are said to you you're like oh gosh i guess maybe they're right and sometimes they're not so that's why i can't wait to get back into you know what makes you different than all the other pts clinicians and and therapists out there but um Before we get to that question, tell me more. Like, I keep saying PTS, post-traumatic stress. What is the difference between PTS versus PTSD?
0: What's happened is our insurance um, companies and the government and the pharmaceutical industry identified post-traumatic stress as a disorder, a dysfunction, or a syndrome. So they could get paid. Now getting paid for it, now they can label. They can, they can get paid for it. You can, you can dispense drugs. You can have um, surgery for it. You can have a clinical therapy. So these individuals, the government, the insurance companies, are, are making billions of dollars because of this. Right now, if we look at the, at your doctor's office visit, 98% of the doctor's office visits are stress-related. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the water company had to change their water filters in so many different communities because of the, the antidepressants that are showing up in the sewage system. Wow. They had to change their filters because they, they're 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 finding out that you can't filter out of the drinking water. There's so much antidepressants going on uh, and being distributed worldwide. It, either you're taking antidepressants directly or indirectly through your water system.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that's a great great point there, Fuzzy. So. Um, my next question is: How prevalent is PTSD?
0: It's it's very prevalent. It's you could say post traumatic stress uh, can occur, you know, as early on as one, two, three years old, up into your eighties and nineties. It's it's usually a stressful event that occurs that just numbs you numbs your feelings just overwhelms you almost shocks you from this from the standpoint that you can't move you can't um, respond Um, different from um, most other traumatic events that happen you, you most traumatic events you just overcome it over time two or three weeks two or three months and you're, you're back to normal. Post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress l- leaves a lingering effect that doesn't dissipate over time. You have to have somebody work with you to peel away the layers of that to see what occurred, what you're experiencing, and how to unwind it to get back to who you are.
2: Yeah, I think that's such an important point. And you know what? It's all about just um, not putting a label on excuses for wanting to do anything. I think that's super important also. You know, Fuzzy? It's like it's,
0: Yes, go ahead, Josie.
2: No, it's just like a lot of times when things happen, you just say, oh, you know what? I'm feeling sad today because... You know, because things didn't go 100% your way, but maybe there really is that deep heartache that you really do need to address, and I I think you're just so right about that.
0: Yes, Josephine, thank you for that. Um, It's looking at what's occurring during the day, taking time out. Actually, looking at what occurred, why am I sad? Why was I angry? Why was I over aggressive? Why did somebody cutting me off on, on the freeway just totally piss me off? Yeah. No. And it's we have to start looking at those little things in our lives before they become big things that we need medication or something to suppress that.
2: Yeah. You know what? I think one of the very saddest things is that I think the answer is yes to this, but I'll ask you, is there a stigma of PTS?
0: (laughs) Thank you, Josephine. (laughs) Yes, there is a very much stigma with with post-traumatic stress is that it, it, let's say a serviceman comes home or a service woman comes home. Their scene is, is having um, a psychotic episode. Their scene has mental disturbance. Just like anything else, it's it's like a sickness. It's almost like a plague. People stop coming over. People stop interacting with you. It's it's almost like we, we, we see you, but in, in a sense, we, we don't think anybody's home inside. Um, people start avoiding you and when they do interact with you it's it's very superficial yeah you're almost seen you're almost seen as damaged goods because it's invisible wounds it's inside
2: yeah i think i think you're so so right and it kind of makes me sad that that's such a reality that you know people can be so you know, I want to use the word fake, but um, what a great show. We're going to be back with Fuzzy Manning to talk more about post-traumatic stress and how it affects our workplace. Thanks, everyone.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on toginet.com. Youth was sad, cause he had a death, kill mummy, and dad. But that ain't the case. It wasn't his fate. No. The walls never struggle to communicate. Ha! Y'all wave your hands, look who's on I the of man Keith number one. It's That Keith Wine Show on Toganet.com Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central. Every week, That Keith Wan Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Juan and the show, go to his website KeithWannWann.com Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one. teach number one. Everybody Man's on, number, number one, Keith's number one, everybody because Man's on. Don't miss That Keith One Show, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney, Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. Okay, so we have Fuzzy Manning, who's uh, an expert regarding post-traumatic stress treatment. So, Fuzzy, my question is, is PTS a family issue or concern?
0: Yes it is Josephine it's it, it It affects the family because they're in a situation where they can't interact with their loved one like they used to do in the past. An individual comes home from the service, an individual became involved in a a traffic accident, a near-death experience, had a loved one die. It's almost like there's an isolation, there's a barrier. Also, what we do is we see this in the workplace quite often that individuals are stressed out they, they they're just so uptight and they have a exact anxiety attacks and they don't know quite what to do in, in this hectic workplace and their fellow workers don't know how to approach them how to interact them with them and they what they end up doing is isolating themselves and um and people are in a, in a situation in an environment at work where they have to inter- interact and solve problems and issues, and it, it's almost like the individuals are in a quandary. You know, it, it, is my friend actually broke and he needs help? Or that do I just step in and, and just say, well, maybe I just need to avoid them for a couple of days and they'll get over it?
2: Yeah, see, I think you're so right about that, Fuzzy, because just in our everyday life, I just see that when stress is at home... Like, I just know this morning I had such a stressful morning trying to get the kids out to school and everything, only because we were all sick and we were all trying to recover and get back into our routine. So it was a pretty stressful thing. And the thing is, I think that kind of overflows into your work space as well. It's just like... How does somebody go with a clear mind to work if they've had a really tough morning with their family? I think it just doesn't happen.
0: It, 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 it does, Josephine. It happens. Thank you very much for the question. It's, we need to take time out. It's, it's almost like we're on this fast train and, and, and from family and, and to work, and we get to work, and we're still hurrying. We're still in this rush. We need to take time out. We need to take 15, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, maybe five or six minutes to say, okay, fine, I need to slow this down. Where am I at? What's going on? How am I going to deal with this? Am I going to allow the situation, the event to, to to take control, or am I going to step back and say, "Geez, I could have made better choices. I had different options. I didn't choose them." And if I look back at it again, how would I? How would I do it differently?
2: Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you. I think. I I just think that everything you're saying it it hits home with me personally, but I think it's just so important. For people to really be honest with themselves and to even, if they need to replay <laughs> this podcast at another time and really think about everything that you're saying and apply it to themselves, to really decide if maybe they might have experienced post-traumatic stress at one time in their life or maybe they're, Are there different levels to it, Fuzzy.
0: There's there, you could say there's different gradations, it, it affects us differently. Some individuals have ongoing um, nightmares, night terrors. Some individuals are just never really comfortable or at home in their own skin. It's such a shock or a jolt to the body, mentally, physically, emotionally, when you have a post-traumatic stress, stress event in your life. and some individuals don't have the skills to, to, to manage that get their feet back on the ground and be able to cope with day-to-day events relationships and family and have this ongoing event happening with inside them they need someone that is actually willing to listen to them non-judgmental have an open heart and realize this did occur, how can we step forward, unravel it at a pace that you're comfortable with and move forward and take the appropriate actions with your life on a daily basis?
2: Yeah, I think that's great. But now that we know that we need the help, how do we not use PTS as a crutch and not move on like I think it's a really tough thing to figure out. Like, do we tell people to just suck it up and keep moving? How do we get that right balance? You know, Fuzzy, it it's, seems it's, like so difficult.
0: It's thank you, Josephine. It, it's getting the right balance, and, and if we start looking at it, usually the PTS event happened in the past, and 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 if we're hanging on to that event, allowing it to rule our lives and our decisions and our choices. What we're doing is we're living in the past. We're not living in the in the now. And what happens is the past, in a sense, directs our lives. And it directs the path that we're going to take. It directs how we're going to engage in individual relationships, what we're going to do at work, what we're going to do maybe in a religious setting. It becomes the driving motivational emphasis in our lives and a lot of us want to disconnect from this because we don't feel that we're there or that person. We feel that we need to make this, this, this sever or this separation. This is in the past. This is now. A lot of individuals don't have the, the ability to do that. So what yeah. they've done is they've suppressed it, either through alcohol, drugs, or, or whatever addiction that they had. And you need someone to say to you or interact with you, when your life matters, I'll listen. I will listen unconditionally to what you have to say.
2: And that's so comforting because, you know, Fuzzy, my whole theory always was, oh, gosh, I have one problem on my hands. I don't need another. (laughs) So that kind of is what kept me on the straight track. But, um I think you touched upon this a little earlier, but maybe we can expand on it. Okay. What, ch- what challenges might people with PTSD encounter in the workplace?
0: I think what happens in the workplace so much is that it's difficult with with PTSD or just stress at, at an ongoing basis. It's difficult. We we, we don't fully engage with individuals. Um we don't get involved in problem solving. We don't get involved in that creativity mood or mode, and we have a tendency to to sit back. We're more, we're more of an observer role with this having stress in our lives or post traumatic stress events. We're not necessarily willing to sit up in the front seat or, in a sense. Uh, be the driver in a sense of being the problem solver, being those individuals that are willing to, to get outside of the uh, everyday mode and say, okay, fine. Uh, if you have two different sides of an issue, are, are you going to stand up and say, I don't agree with that and I think we need to take another direction? Those individuals with with high stress in their lives or post-traumatic stress events, don't do that. They're sitting back in, in their... Um, comfort zone and don't really fully engage when they have the capacity the ability to do that
2: yeah I I think that I think a lot of my listeners fuzzy are actually some are mom entrepreneurs and I'm so glad that you were able to describe that scenario because perhaps that would help others you know put a little red flag up in case they might have an employee that might be experiencing that.
0: Yes, and I think young moms and just moms in general <laughs> lead a stressful life. Yeah. There's a, there's a, they're required to do a lot of things and a lot of different things that they may not really feel comfortable doing, but they still have to do them.
2: Yeah, it's all this multitasking, I have to tell you, Fuzzy. I mean... I always joke with my husband that he just has to get up and go to work. I'm taking care of the house, the three kids, my business, and now – Ironic enough I'm helping him with his paperwork for his business only because I have nothing better to do fuzzy. And it's a lot and um people say, "Oh wow, you know, they admire you for all that you can do, but you know what? Sometimes it's just not so much fun and it's a matter of saying, "You know what? You got to take a step back like you said prior to say we're not perfect." And um You need a break every now and then, and I think that's so important to just step back.
0: Yeah, I heard a famous quote a while back that said, if a man did what a mom did, you would need a nap.
2: (laughs) Okay, I second that, Fuzzy. I second that. All right, so we're going to come up on a break real soon, but I would love to touch on some important things, like how can employers help people with PTSD do their jobs more effectively? How's that for a loaded question, Fuzzy?
0: I think, thank you very much, Josephine. Uh, I think employers can help them to make transitions when they start noticing the individual that maybe had been uh, an aggressive problem solver or individual usually had a response to anything at work that wanted helpful information. When they start seeing these individuals hold back or are reluctant to engage, they can ask them, Jesus, is there anything going around in your life personally or professionally, you know, uh, you need some time off. Uh, I think bosses in human resources have to really realize that transitions in people's lives affect them differently. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to have the this, this same scenario where you're, you're just going to get over it in a few days, a few hours. And have to realize that people have different skills, come from different skill sets, backgrounds, and uh, economic and um, cultural backgrounds, and and look at things differently. And employers have to realize that there's some downtime, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk more about this when we come back from a quick break. Thanks so much.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi right after these on Toginet.com. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to TogiNet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on TogiNet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan River Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out MarkLepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. So we have Fuzzy Manning on the line with us today. And um, we were just discussing before break, um, my question was, how can employers help people with PTSD do their jobs more effectively?
0: I think one of those situations or elements that employers can get involved in is having a staggered workforce. Coming in at different times, uh, less stress on the commute. Um, Also, is just that are there walking paths? Are there, um, does the building uh, could accommodate, you know, an exercise room? Could the um, also um, building accommodate um, maybe certain employers have had. like sleep rooms, snooze rooms, or individuals just to go into maybe a reclining chair or a stage lounge and take a 20-minute a, a or 30-minute nap. Um, well, that's a great idea. And I think, too, is that it employers need to get involved in, in some of what, the, the stress load is in, a, in a, the to, to workplace and realizing that you, you can't have those individuals under such a stressful environment on a day-to-day basis and expect the same results day-to-day, month after month, year after year. It, it just doesn't happen be, because we're human beings. We're not robots.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And, Manny, what I would like to add to that as one of my suggestions, I think, you know, I love the fact when they came up with the idea of a, a flexible work schedule years ago, especially for moms who had young children, you know, they broke the five-day work week into two and a half days. Somebody would work Monday, Tuesday, and half of Wednesday, and then the next person would come in half of Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I thought, wow, what a great idea that is. And I just really think it applies to our situation here.
0: And I think, too, is we can have flexible work schedules and also well, we can have a flexible week. Let's say, for instance, rather than the 9 to 5 Five days a week, can we have a four day week when we're working ten hours and maybe start earlier and lend late, end later in a sense give individuals that option or that choice of having a, an actual three day weekend.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. It will allow them to recharge their batteries. So I think that's a great idea. And I also love the idea about coaches. You know, if an employee sees that that an employee is really stressed out, perhaps if they had a mentor or a coach, just to, you know, I love what you keep saying. You seem to have like this steady um, mantra that, They just need to be listened to, and And if I love it. I think you're so right about that, and um, it will help the bottom line of the business because if that individual can work harder and feel good about working harder, then it helps everybody.
0: And I think so much what happens as a coach or a mentor, you have those individuals that are coming in versus uh, your traditional counselor or therapist that um, you allow the individual by listening to them to come up with a solution that fits them, their lifestyle, their thought process. I know individuals I've interacted with and just listened to, maybe going out for a cup of coffee or maybe over dinner, and they thanked me enormously at the end of the dinner that I helped them solve their problem. And I probably said three words.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. But they heard themselves or they just got it off of their chest, yeah, which,
1: and, yeah, you know, it. is
2: all about the listening ear that, you know, mm. you have told us about. That's so important. So, well, I think that was great, great information. And Manny, I can't wait to share with our listeners. I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat because I know you work so hard on coming up with seven tips about managing stress. So I love what you wrote here. You said stress in the workplace costs you money in the form of lost productivity, lack of creative problem solving, reduction in innovative ideas, and poor performance. Stress is the number one killer for business slash corporate growth and ROI. So here are the seven tips to turn your profitability around. So, okay, Fuzzy, tell us about number one, acknowledge that stress exists in the workplace.
0: I think we really have to be truthful with the, the, the things that it, it does exist, and it, uh, it's an ongoing basis. And so much of what we see is individuals uh, uh, in, in their lunch break, or maybe take 20 or 30 minutes updating their resume. Uh, individuals that um, don't show up on time. Um, and what we, we find out that um, individuals are just really concerned because of what's going on in society today. They're worried about their, their benefits of their pension and how secure are they.
2: Yeah, I think that's very, very true. So, um, okay, Fuzzy, how about number two? Powerlessness promotes stress.
0: I think so What happens is the individual feels that they're at work and maybe they can't change things or maybe they can't input. People aren't listening to them. They're not being accepted. They don't have a buy-in. They're not being heard. And I think what we need to do is actually ask our employer and maybe some of the people we work with just point blank Ask them questions in a sense of am I not getting across it or is it that you're expecting of me something maybe I can't deliver we need to ask more questions we need to interact more rather than guessing or assuming
2: yeah I think you're I think that's great um. I just, I like what you wrote here. Workers want to contribute to the overall success of the business, but without a means to voice their ideas and concerns, they feel like sheep going to slaughter. Their fate is sealed the moment they enter the door. So, yeah, everybody wants to be a part of the success. So,
0: when people have a part of the success, they have a buy in. They're welcome, they're accepted. And they're seen as being part of the team.
2: Yeah, team playing is so important nowadays. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three clear job description.
0: I think what's happened is that over a period of time we've downsized and we've right-sized and we've changed so much of what's going on in the workforce that individuals aren't clear of what they're doing, what they're supposed to be doing, or what they're accountable for. And individuals are in a quandary, you know, do I engage in this just to keep my job? Or do I say something about, you know, I, I feel that I'm not qualified to do this, or that uh, I don't have the level of expertise to do this on an ongoing basis. Uh, we have to feel comfortable enough to, to, to maybe put up our hand and saying, um, hey, I have a question, I have a concern here, and, and basically voice the truth that we feel.
2: Yeah, I think that that's great. And we all know that if somebody has a job description, it's clearly written down. The employer knows what to expect from the employee, and the employee knows, this is exactly what I have to do to get my job done to make the employer happy. So I think it just reduces stress all around.
0: And I think it's very essential for the employee and the employer to have both a buy-in and, and formulating that job description.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. That's, that's a great point. So, um, all right, we're running out of time here, so I want to get, um, we'll keep moving here. So number four, jobs change, but do people?
0: What happens so much is, is jobs and, and technology keeps changing on an ongoing basis. What happens is some people aren't able to keep up. And some people just say, okay, fine, Uh, I'm not able to keep up, I'm not able to do these technical things, where can I get the skills, where can I get the different abilities, and who can I shadow, or who can you put me with that will help me to develop those skills and abilities for me to perform my job.
2: Great. Okay, I'm going to move along quickly because I want to get to all seven. Number five, work traumatic event. Tell us about that.
0: We're traumatic events. So much of what happens on an ongoing basis is that we have events in our lives. We have people blow up in meetings. We have individuals that are disgruntled. Uh, You could have, in a sense, you you have the the postal effect in in your workplace, that people are just so disgruntled, so mad or angry that – it, it, they bring that in from relationships, from driving to and from work, and it's 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 an explosive environment. You don't feel comfortable being there.
2: Yeah, that's a really really a scary thought. So, wow, okay, <laughs> I'm going quickly. Number six, work setting.
0: Work settings, and it's just uh, yeah, you can have poor lighting, poor ventilation, bad temperature. Um, You can have, you know, there's uh, aromas or smells from the cleaning crew that came through there when you were off work. Um, There's so many different things that are going on here, or the majority of the people in in your office job hunting. You know, filling out resumes, getting calls. Sure. You know, are, are they going I totally
2: back? agree with that, Fuzzy, that job hunting can be so stressful. So creating, this is what you had written, creating a stress-free environment is possible. It's a collaborative effort by labor and management. Either you're all in or you're all out. There's middle, middle, ground, middle ground here. Yeah. So I think that's incredible. We have one minute left. So um, number seven was, what if I do nothing? Forty. 5 Percent of workers list job insecurity as a significant impact on work stress levels. You know, if anybody wants the whole handout, if it's okay with you, Fuzzy, I'd be happy to email them too, to no any problem. of our listeners. Okay, it's Josephine at my mom knows best.com. But, Fuzzy, real quick, tell us how we can get in touch with you if anybody wants more information.
0: Yes, they can. They can. If you want to find out more about me, who I am, and what I do, I'm at ptstreatment.com is my blog site. And if you want to reach me directly through an email, it's ptstreatment at gmail.com.
2: Wow, what an incredible show, Fuzzy. I think there was a lot more to touch on. I think I'm going to have to have you as the <laughs> paying it forward post-traumatic stress expert. How's that? So All right. Thank you on. very
0: much, Josephine. Uh, enjoyed the show and enjoyed uh, your energy level.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much, Fuzzy. You were an absolute pleasure to interview. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week on Paying It Forward with Josephine
1: Gerassi With Josephine Jirasi on Tugginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week, we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons
0: learned,